7.45 on a Saturday. I want to talk to all of you about feelings, emotions, how you treat people. You ever listen to a person's voice? The sound of their voice kind of echoes. If you really listen to someone's voice, sometimes their voice could be powerful. Sometimes their voice could be loud. Or sometimes they could be very quiet, soft-spoken. Actually, back in my day when I would talk with customers and vendors over the phone, they said, you have such a lovely voice, a lovely speaking voice. Now, I never really paid attention to that. Because when I listen to my own voice, I sound different. I don't sound like me. Like if I, if I play back a message that I left, you know, back in the day when we had the landline phone and answering machine, and I would listen to my voice, I was like, that can't be me. That doesn't sound like me. And then when people say to me, when I listen to your podcast, your voice is so beautiful, mesmerizing, hypnotic. It's a beautiful voice. I can easily listen to your voice and feel like a smile come over my face. Because again, I don't want to yell or scream at anybody. You know, when I was growing up, I look at my own childhood and I look at other, other people's, you know, life with their parents and their families. If you look at families, families always have some type of a disagreement. The power of your voice carries when you yell at someone. Think about when you yell, when you were, as a child, being yelled at by your parents for, say, not cleaning up your room or not eating your dinner or whatever, not doing your homework. Now, again, everybody has different tones and pitches in their voices. My own thinking of this is, is that when you start yelling at someone, you're really starting to tear them, tear down into them, like tear into them. And the words that, you, that come out of your mouth cut, cut you like a knife. Feelings, emotions. Everybody has some type of feelings or emotions of some sort. Some people cry easily. Some people are sensitive. Some people don't even show an emotion. See, I worry about the people that don't show an emotion. It's like they have no expression on their face. How can you go through life with no expression? How can I tell if you're happy, sad, excited? No, I wouldn't be able to tell. If you don't show me an emotion on your face, how would I know? I can't sit there and read your mind. But you gotta be careful what you say to people. If you say, for instance, a husband and wife get into a heated argument, and the husband just comes out, yells at his wife, puts her down, name calls her, body shames her, says all these hurtful things. Now think before you speak. I've been told that by my mother. Think before you speak, because once you say something to someone, if you insult them or put them down, you can't easily take it back. You could say, I'm sorry, it's not gonna have meaning. See, women are sensitive by nature. If you, if you call a woman certain names in an argument, you better be careful what you say to her. If you claim you love your wife or your girlfriend and you have an argument with her and you say something so hurtful, that's the one thing that she's going to remember and it's going to stick with her. If you say to her, you are a... I'm not going to... See, I'm not going to say any offensive words on you, but we know what we're talking about. Women have been called certain names by men, and, and men have been called certain names by women. Why do we need to do name-calling? What is the significance of that? Does any of you feel superior and make you feel good when you start degrading and calling people and names? And, and then and the one thing I won't tolerate is the verbal attack. When you verbally get into someone's head... Women are sensitive in nature. There are some women that are very sensitive. I myself cry easily. 
But at the same time, I can hold my own. And if you keep on attacking me, I'm sorry. I'm not going to hold back. I will come back and say something that won't be pretty. I won't be nice to you at all. I am the one that will not take a verbal lashing. I took that from my ex. Then before I got sick with cancer, that's what he would do to me. He would just lash out at me. He would lash out at me. He would call me names. He would try to get down to that level where, hey, look, I can insult her. I can put her down. I could yell at her. I could do all these things to her. And look, she can't even fight back. Little did he know that after I got better, oh, yeah, I did fight back. And I'm not talking physically either. I just told him how I really felt. And in all the years that we were together, the five hellish years, I gave him a piece of my mind. Ladies, you have to understand something. When you're in a relationship like that, you need to stand up for yourself. You have every right to stand up for yourself when you're being attacked like that. Verbally, physically, emotionally, mentally. And if you tell me, well, I can't. Yes, you can. You don't have to stay with someone who hurts you. Let me ask you something. Do you think that if someone hurts you in this day and age, you call that love? Now, I look at my father and mother as an example of them fighting. My father never once raised his hand to my mother, never said anything hurtful to her, never did anything like that. What kind of a man would he be if he did that? I know he would feel bad. God forbid if they had an argument that something happens to her. You can't take it back. It's too late. What's done is done. We can't go on and change it. That's why I say to all of you, the people in your life are important to you, right? If you say to yourself, I love someone so much, I can never ever be cruel or mean to them. But then what happens if you have an argument? You say something. It does. It comes out of your mouth without a warning. You say something and then you take it back. How many times are you going to say, I'm sorry? You could say it many times, but the damage has been done. Same thing with children, and I've seen this in personal experience. I have actually witnessed it in front of me. The one thing I don't like what parents do is ignore a child. Now you're going to say, oh, that doesn't happen. Oh, oh, no, no, it does happen. It doesn't happen as often as you think, but when it does and it's done in front of you, it makes me feel like, well, wait a minute now. You don't do that to your child and ignore him. Children need attention, need love. I think the most important thing for a child is love. Not to bribe them, not to, like, you know, tell them something, you know, fake. I've seen people make up fake stories for children because children ask a lot of questions about a lot of things. Be truthful with them. They want to know more about world, life, people, things. And if you're going to start lying to your children, then when they get older and then someone asks them, oh, do you know where this ha- what this happens? Or do you know where this comes Like babies. It's like, where do babies come from? If you start telling them a far-fetched story, oh, yeah, the stork brings babies. Come on now. That's really ridiculous. you got to be truthful with your children. You think, well, they're not old enough to know. I think you should start telling your children at a very young age all of this and more. So when they get to be at a certain age, they will know. So, yeah, my parents sat me down talked about the facts of life. They taught me about where babies come from. They didn't tell me a far-fetched story. When you start lying to your children, well, when they get to be older, they're going to start lying too. Is that a good thing? No. Again, with me in my childhood, my father told me these far-fetched stories of Santa Claus and, and the tooth fairy. I didn't really believe any of it. I knew that they were myths. But a lot of the kids I went to school said, you're weird. Thank you. 
<laughs> I am weird. You're right. I'm bizarre. I'm strange. Yeah, you are absolutely a hundred percent right. And there's and again, I don't take that as an insult. I take it as a compliment because I stand out from everybody. I am unique. I am different. So you got to remember something. Again, in this day and age, you got to be careful what you say to the people in your life, whether it's someone that's close to you, family, a spouse, a child, or if it's a friend, a colleague, whoever. The power of your voice is a big difference. Sometimes your voice will heal someone. Other times it would hurt. Always remember to go on the healing side. My mother, when I was sick and I was going through my cancer, we know what she did for me. She would rub my arm up and down. It would feel so good. It would make me feel like, oh my God. You know, everything, in spite of everything that she did for me, she, you know, made sure I ate, although most of the times I couldn't stomach food because of all the drugs. She would comfort me in the, we- the best way that she knew how. The power of touch, the power of your voice. You know, when someone is sick, someone that you love is sick, the power of your voice carries. But in a good way. I'm not talking about yelling and screaming. Everybody can have temper tantrums. I've seen it in grown-ups. I think it's pretty sad if you ask me. I've seen grown women throw a temper tantrum. I've seen a man throw a temper tantrum. We are not children anymore. We are adults. We start acting like adults. I don't like it when people attack me for my beliefs. And the one thing I ask of everybody, when it comes down to it, and I'm sure you've come across this, but I've come across it from my earlier life, people keep asking me the same question. They want to know more about me, but they can't come out and ask me what they want to know. So they go up and they make up something, okay? And the one thing that I don't like is the question that always pops up on social media. That's why I'm not on social media. Tell me about your personal life. So you think to yourself, well, what do you want to know? That I'm, if I'm seeing someone, do I have somebody special? Yes and yes, and that's all you need to know. Because it won't go further than that. When I fall in love with someone, I have someone special in life. I protect them as much as I can. I don't want the whole world coming down on me. Not that it's any of their business. And my family, when the time comes, you will meet them in person. You will get to ask your questions. My family is one where if you bring somebody new into your life, yeah, they're all going to ask the 20 or million or so questions. Don't put the guy on the spot and make him uncomfortable, please. Simple, short, sweet. So my mother and father, if they were alive and they met the love of my life, yes, my father would ask him questions and so would my mother. But that's a parent's job. As siblings, it's different. You know, and I always want to touch on this topic, too. I'll give you a story, a perfect example of... I didn't know my father's family. I didn't know my grandfather or my grandmother or my father's family. But my mother said this, that when my father proposed her and they were going to get married, he introduced her to his family. And when he walked out of the room, his family didn't like her at all. I'm like... Mom, they didn't like you? Why? You're a wonderful woman. You're lovable. Why wouldn't they? It's like they didn't like me. His father didn't like her for whatever reason, and his mother didn't, couldn't take her. And I think the only, there was maybe two members of the family, his, one of his sisters, not the youngest sister, one of his other sisters and his older brother liked my mother. The other family members didn't. And 
At one point, she couldn't tell him what they said, so she kept it. But he noticed that there was something wrong with her. And so she asked, he asked her, and she said, well, your family doesn't like me. And this is what he said to her. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. For any of you out there who's thinking of, you know, if you're engaged and you're going to meet, the, you know, your, your husband's family or whatever, wife's family, take it from my mother and father. This is what my father said to my mother. I love you. You're the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. My family doesn't have to like you, okay? And if they don't like you, that's their problem. You're marrying me, not my family. That's what my father said to my mother. But my mother, I, I think, was a little hurt by the fact that his own family didn't like her for whatever reason. Now, it was the reverse. My father was accepted by my mother's family. My mother's family adored my father because they knew that he was a good man for my mother. He knew that. They knew. They said, oh, yeah, John is a good man. We want him in the family. They accepted him. Her brothers accepted my father with, with open arms. But it was the reverse from when my mother met with his, with my father's family, and the reception wasn't warm. But he said to her, I love you. You're marrying me, not my family. They're just going to have to live with it. And they did. But again, think about this. Not everybody's going to like you. That's a given. I mean, come on. The whole world's not going to like you. Now, if you're working with people, you got to learn how to get along with them. It's sometimes hard. Again, everybody's so so stuck in their ways. And you really can't change someone unless they try to change themselves. That's basically what it comes down to. I mean, I think about the times I spent with my ex. He was the way he was. And I never understood why. It's like he had a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One minute he's nice and the next minute he's evil. That's how I saw him. Other people's like, oh, you're wrong. Well, you don't know him the way I do. I live with him, and this is what I deal with on a daily basis. Now, but I was going through my cancer, and I thought to myself, I have cancer, and it's the furthest thing from mine. You can insult me. You can call me names. You can make me feel like unloved. It's not going to matter to me because guess what? After I get better, I'm out of here. I couldn't take living with someone who's going to treat me like that. He made me feel insecure. He made me feel unattractive. Now, women, if you're dealing with someone who calls you names, who puts you down, that's not love. And you have every right to walk away. Every right to walk away from a relationship that is going to, at some point down the line, if you stay with them, it will get violence. And if you say to me, no, it won't. Trust me, I'm an expert on this, okay? It was the times even before I got sick, he got violent with me. And I made excuses from like, I should have not made excuses for him. I should have just said, hey, look, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be into this type of a relationship where you're going to treat me like I'm nothing. You don't do that to someone you love. Again, words hurt. But the power of your voice, depending on how you use it, does help in certain situations. Like when you talk somebody down. If you know someone who's depressed and wants to end his life, his or her life, your power of your voice really matters. I've actually helped a friend. Again, he was going through a difficult time, but his excuses for killing himself were a little far-fetched. They were your ordinary, I lost my job. Okay, go out and get another job. Uh, I, I fell in love with this woman and then she, she cheated on me with my best friend. Okay, there's other fish in the sea. So you're going to kill yourself over those two reasons. Okay. It didn't, it, it bothered me in a sense. And I said to him, look, you have your whole life ahead of you. You're still young. We were young at the time. Well, he was a couple of years older than me. 
I said to him, do you see me doing the things that you're doing? Well, look at me. I lost my father. And I was assaulted. But I got through it. I got through it. I had a little voice in my head telling me, you still have your whole life ahead of you. I was at a time in my life and before my father passed away when I was 19 years old that I wanted to kill myself. And my father said to me, no, no, you are not going to ever say those words to me. I don't want to ever hear you say that to me, that you're going to take your life. The greatest sin in God, greatest sin from God, God will not forgive you. You're not going to go to heaven. You're not going to go anywhere. That's why I say the power of your voice. One day, I want all of you to go to church on Sunday. Listen to the priest when he does this speech. Listen to the power of his voice. You know, words carry and the way you carry them, the what you say to people matter. And how you say it matters. The one thing I also want to know is, or I have been exposed to this and I've seen it, how the way parents treat children in terms of favoritism. There is no favorites when you have children. You love your children we equally. Why can't, why can't people see that? I mean, I asked my mother. I wanted to know. I said, Mom, did you have favorites? Is any of your daughters favorite? Like, no, I love my children equally. There should be no favoritism, but there are parents that do a small percentage that will say, I have a favorite child. Wait a minute, you don't love your children equally? You single out one over the other? That's very shameful, I'm sorry to say it. That's very shameful. You as a parent should never do that, never. You love your children equally. Because again, favoritism. And it's becoming where, and I've seen it, where one child will get everything and the other child will get treated like dirt. Why would you do that, why? I mean, come on now. I remember my sister joking around saying, oh yeah, mom said I was her favorite. And I said, mom, is that true? And she goes, nah, you're all my, you, you, I all love, we all love you equally. Me and your father love you equally. But I did have that special bond with my father. My father, again, I mean, were the, the most special bond I wish I can get back. That it's been over 31 years since he's been gone. I still can't believe he's been gone. I still miss him. I miss his presence. He's missed so much of this life. He passed away in the 20th century. He never got a chance to see anything develop in this in this century. And all of everything that's been going on so far that we've dealt with. And I can imagine how he is. I actually talked to my sister earlier. Again, my father was a pessimist. He'd see something on television. No, that's not going to happen. You know, like an example, the weather report comes on and they would say, oh, we're going to get a lot of snow here. And my father would be like, no, that's not going to happen here. I said, dad, they're talking about a blizzard. The next day, let's open up the door. There's a foot of snow in front of the door. <laughs> they're my father for you. You know, my mother was more of the cautious. She believed everything. She didn't like having like, you know, if the weather changed, we're going to have a big storm. Yeah, she wasn't crazy about that. But my father, again, pessimist. But again, he worked in an industry when he was, worked in the nightclub where if famous people came in, he treated them as any other person. They weren't special. Think about entertainers. Think about social media in general. I stay away from social media because people keep asking me. First of all, the two questions I don't want to hear. 
Is that your name? That's number one. Yes, that's my name. Is that your real name? Yes, that's my real name. How many times do I have to tell you? You think I make up a name? You think I hide behind an alias? No, I'm sorry. I'm proud of my name. I was named after my grandmother. My grandmother, I was blessed to have her name. That and some of my cousins, although they don't use the full name. Okay, for whatever reason. But I don't like having people ask me that question because it's like, how many times have I come across a conversation with someone and when I ask them, is that your, when they ask me, is that your name? Yes, that's my name. And you ask yourself, what's in a name? Everybody has plain names. I like unique names. I like names that are beautiful, that kind of stand out. When you have a unique name, you stand out. My mother had said to me, your name is beautiful. But when I was growing up and going to school, people couldn't pronounce it. They were afraid to shred my name to bits. And then children, when other children would make fun of me, I couldn't accept the fact that I was different from them. It was kind of like a mini rejection in a sense. So I was different, I was unique, I was weird, I was bizarre. Hey, compliments all around. But let me ask you this question, and I'm gonna say it so that you understand. In this day and age, you don't have to go out and impress upon anybody. You can be a better version of yourself, you could be just you. You don't have to go out putting airs. You don't have to do anything like that. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Because again, who are you impressing? Oh, I have to join this group. Yeah, are they asking you to change? No. Be yourself. What's the worst thing they say to you? Oh, well, we can't take you? Yes, you can. And you should be able to. But again, people are judgmental in this world, very critical. Again, when I have friends, I don't judge anybody. I like all colors, shapes, sizes. And I don't really care where you come from. And I don't care about your financial status. I don't care about your, your background and your skin color. None of that is important. But I do care about how you treat other people. And if you have a personality that's very cold, let's just say if you have a cold heart on the outside, it will also be reflected on the inside. I really don't want to be around someone who doesn't care about others but themselves. If you're going to be selfish that way, then I don't want to get to know you. You have to have a warm heart, caring. If you have those features, it will be reflected on the outside. And if you ask me, well, why didn't I ever develop friendships? Well, I did over the years, and look what happened. I got hurt in the process. I don't trust anybody. You know, when I'm at work, I keep to myself. I do my work. I'm focused on my work 110%. I don't have time to sit there and socialize by the water cooler. You know, yeah, people will have, like, a little celebration. I'm just comfortable doing my work, getting it done, going home, and doing it all over again. Then you get there's constant criticism. Again, criticism is great, but not too much of it. When you constantly criticize on someone, how are they going to perform? They're going to start doubting themselves. You can, like I said, be a better version of yourself. You don't have to be the best. And don't let someone tell you otherwise. Oh, you have to be perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in any part of the world. Maybe in Utopia, if you live there, yeah, you have to be perfect. No. Do you know how many people have said to me, well, I have to be the best. No, you don't. Who's, is somebody putting pressure on you? They shouldn't have to. You need some time to reflect. You need some time to just relax. You need some time to just let things flow. Don't let people irritate you. Don't let people get on your nerves. Don't let people call you names. In one ear, out the other. You know what? I just block people. When I'm at work, I block people. 
I do. I block them. You know, of course, it's, if it's if it's somebody important, no, I don't like a manager or somebody higher up. But other people, no. When I'm in the middle of something, I can't be bothered, and I'm so focused on it. Then I give myself a break. And the one thing that I do think about, the one person that puts a big smile on my face is my significant other. Because when he texts me or leaves me a voice message or, or sends me a picture or whatever, it just makes me smile. And I don't worry about stress that I'm dealing with at the point. Now, he said to me, is your job stressful? It's not stressful, but it has its moments when you're dealing with coworkers that have to be, you have to do it my way. No, I don't. I could do it my way and it would still come out to the to the same result. See, I don't like people that are too, and again, this young girl thinks she's Miss Perfect. I'm sorry. I have known this business a lot longer. I've been in this business a lot, even before you were born. And you tell me I don't know what I'm doing? I can hear her sometimes mumbling when she shows me something. First of all, train me, but walk away. Maybe I will learn on my own. I don't like people hovering over me because then you want me to make a mistake. And then you're like, yeah, I was right. You don't know how to do this. You don't know this. Don't insult me, please. Because we are going to get into a shouting match. And I don't want to do that at work. That's very unprofessional. All I know is this. When you're training someone, be patient with them. You know, I've only been there for two months. You think I'm going to know everything like that? She makes it like, oh, you have to do this. You have to do this and that. I don't want that type of pressure. I'm doing the best that I can. I mean, I stayed late to get the job done. And normally, I could leave at a, an earlier time. I choose not to. Think, well, you know, you know, it's, I want to. I'm, de- I'm dedicated to the job. When you love something, you want to do a great job, and you want people to notice you. When you get recognition in your lifetime, that's a great thing. You know, the one thing I've always wanted in this lifetime, I'm not hoping I can achieve it, is to get an award. I want an award. I want to get a, some type of a trophy with my name on it. I've never had that. You know, be presented an awards dinner for all the great and hard work that you do. Whether it's in the industry you're in or even if you do something on the outside. Like, again, I do these podcasts and I think, well, maybe one day they'll offer me some type of an award, like a trophy or something. You know, with my luck, they probably won't. You know, how many people that, now actually my LinkedIn contact said, you've helped a lot of people. You don't realize how many people listen to you. I said, I'm looking at the numbers, but I want it to be much higher. Then I said, well, let's gravitate toward YouTube and make a video. The only problem with that is how many people are really going to subscribe to the channel? I don't have many subscribers. And the last video that I did was from a couple of months ago. I only had 34 views. I really think that it should be a lot more than that, especially when it's something that's near and dear to me. You know, helping people from around the world in terms of medical care. Nowadays, people are afraid to go to the hospital for a checkup because the first thing that they run into is payment. A doctor, it's like the doctor is a stop sign. You're ready to go in and think you're going to get treated, but no, guess what? You have to pay me. No, I don't have to pay you. What happens if I don't have the money to pay you? You're not going to treat me? I'm going to get sick and die? Then the family of that loved one will come after you and sue you for malpractice. Now, is that fair? My father didn't like doctors. My mother didn't like doctors. And I, for one, yes, doctors saved my life. But at the same time, I owe all of that credit to my late mother and God. Because in all reality, they put fear in you. It's like they threaten you. If you don't come up with this payment, we're going to do this. It's like you're holding someone's loved one hostage before you treat them. You don't do that ever. You never, ever do that. People's lives are precious. The health of a person is precious. 
If they had done that to me 17 years ago, I wouldn't be alive talking to you today. I would not be alive. I would have just, hey, this is how you're going to treat me? So be it. I will treat myself. But in all honesty, I don't want any of you to get the wrong idea. You cannot treat yourself. When you have a major illness like cancer or any other type of illness, you have to go under a doctor's care. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. And, And I'm sorry for the area that you live in. If you came here to this part of the world, you would get treated. Payment comes second. A person's life is first. I've always said that to people. People's lives are precious. We only have one life to live in this world. We want to be here for a long time. But we don't want to hear from a doctor, well, you know, before we can do any type of surgery, we have to do this. So in other words, you're asking me for money that I don't have before you could treat me. Do you know... Do you know how harsh that is and cruel that you're holding? It's like you're holding ransom. And if there's children involved, that's even worse. And if I come across my lifetime when my child is sick and you tell me, well, we're not going to treat your child until you give us this amount of money, you know what? Then then you shouldn't be in the medical profession. Why did you take the Hippocratic Oath? So you want to line your paycheck with money your pockets with money so you can go on that fancy trip. Not all of us can have that dream. When we do have that dream, it's called hard work. We don't hold people's lives in our hand for payments. I have addressed this issue and I'm hoping that it reaches the World Health Organization because I still believe there is a chance. I really believe there's a chance that lives can be saved if we all get together and solve this problem. You know, there are families out there that can't take themselves to the doctor. Look at the jobs that they have. They're not being paid well. And if you have, if you have, quote, someone in your life that you care about and they're dying from an illness, but you get turned away from the doctor because you can't get that payment, shame on you. Shame on you. Now I'm going to call you out. I'm going to say to you, would you do that to your own family members? You would. You know what? Doctors' families come first. Everybody else comes second. You know how horrible that is? And to think that if this happened in this day and age, 17 years ago when I was treated for cancer, but what they said to me, we're not going to start treatment until you give us this. No. I had health insurance, and then I was on disability. And yes, I paid for a small portion, but when I looked at the amount years later, I could not believe the amount. And even when I had my knee injury from the other X, now they took x-rays. Do you know how much x-rays cost? A lot of money. And nothing was broken. I was like, this is ridiculous. Everything is expensive. But when you're having a family and you come in hard times, show compassion. Show compassion. Be understanding. Put yourself in their shoes. Try to understand where they're coming from. Not everybody has money. And then the money that you do have, again, if you have a family and you're living in not so great conditions, but you're getting by, and then one of you gets sick, well, you got to put your children or whoever's in your life, their needs come first. When you go to the doctor and you get turned away, that's a shame right there. And I'm hearing it more and more. Now we have to do something about it. It's a mission, one of my missions in life to do that because it's very important to me. I don't like to see people suffer. I don't like to see people cry. I don't want, first of all, I don't want to see any mourning. 
I want to see celebration. I want to see happiness. I want to see sunshine. I don't want to see darkness and mourning and pain and sadness. Let's get rid of all of that. Those emotions are very, very strong to have. And they're also sad. You know, if my mother wasn't around at the time I was going through my cancer, I will tell you right now, I will be very honest with you. I probably wouldn't be here. I would have given up a long time ago. But but because she was there at my time of need and she helped me through it and, and by the grace of God both of them watched out over me and gave me that second chance I say thank you mom thank you so much for taking care of me for making sure I went to the doctor for getting all my treatments for for making me eat for comforting me thank you I love you so much God bless you mom same thing with God I thank you for giving me a second chance and I have to perform because he said to me now I'm giving you a second chance now you gotta do these missions yes I will it's just a matter of, again, me with my financial situation, slowly getting there. Nothing in life is impossible. Everybody seems to think it's difficult. No, you make it difficult for yourself. Life, yes, is very competitive. I see it on social media when people attack. That's another thing. Stay away from social media, really. Life was better before social media. I'm sorry to say, now you may not agree with me, but anybody who was born before the social media came on to the scene, it was a be- it was a different time, it was a better time. Now everybody's name shaming, cyberbullying, body shaming, attacking one another, dirty laundry. Do we need to hear that from everybody? Do you need to be the bully on the computer? No. You know, it's bad enough you get bullied in real life. You would think, if I can stand up to you in real life, I can also do it behind a computer. And I will turn the tables on you if you start attacking people that I love. Perfect example, though, is Madam X. Now I'm trying to get information out of her. She calls herself that name because she's trying to dig up information about me. She still believes that I didn't have cancer. You want proof? Guess what, everybody? Announcement. It's coming down the line on a YouTube video. I'm going to see if it's going to make a difference. I want women, men, children, anybody who's battling cancer, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be breast cancer. It could be any cancer. What happens when you wait too long? Like give me as a perfect example that if you wait too long, this is the result. And am I going to be ashamed? No. I have a public service announcement. I want all of you to be aware of the signs. And I want all of you to think of your life as precious. Your lives are precious. They're important. You all belong in this world. You all matter. That's all I'm going to say on that. So I'm going to say God bless all of you because it's getting pretty late. God bless all of you. Have a blessed Sunday. A great week ahead. Stay strong. Be positive. Soar like a butterfly. Fly like an eagle. Rise up from the earth like a phoenix. Be a warrior. Love yourselves. Be true to yourselves. God bless all of you. Take care.